deadline is June June 2nd, which uh, I think you can play up until midnight. Um, and then results, the one good thing about California is usually within 10 to 15 days, results are posted. So this year for 2020, um, the, max, the max point value is 18. So there has been another year of, of creep. Um, last year was 17, and, and this year max points um, is 18. So if you've got 18 points out there, um, like a few of us, then uh, then you're you're probably sitting better than most that haven't been applying for, for that time. So the success rate of bighorn sheep in the state of California, basically everybody that had a tag got one except for one person in zone one in the marble clippers. And that's a, that's a pretty rough hunt. And you got to remember, I mean, a 180 sheep is, is phenomenal. Okay. So expectations though, people should be realizing that an expectation is more like a 160 with the hopes of a 170 class ram and i'm not saying that there's not bigger rams because we know of goliath that was taken and there's been a few other ones that were taken that were fantastic but man when you see an old old sheep that's battered up it's going to be hard for you to you know if you've never killed one you know i'm just looking at it going man i just can't wait for the opportunity Outdoors podcast hosted by Lucas Paw. Our purpose is to help educate and inspire within you a renowned passion for the outdoors. So join us as we speak with experts in the industry to share insight and knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. Actually, sound like Luke Bryan. All right, man. Okay, man. What the heck? No better way to kick off the 2020 California Big Game Hunting Digest than a little hunting, fishing, and loving every day, huh? Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Being unemployed sucks. So, uh, so it's been a. It's been a little crazy since Jason and I connected. Well, been probably what the Hunt Expo since we did our last podcast together. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we were talking about uh, well, we were meeting with Leica, talking about what they're going to release at the NRA show and this new <laughs> scope. And Jason's talking about how hey, it's on my home ground, and here we are, two months later, COVID nineteen pandemic, the economy, U.S. economy has been wiped and. We're all feeling the blues. Me, yeah. me more so than most. So, uh, if anybody's got a marketing sales manager job that you're looking for a, a person that works 24/7, um, please reach out to us. I'm unemployed. Is that a good? Is that a good place to put 
myself after 15 plus years put it out there man so yeah so go through the grief side crying side the crazy side and then watch all my team get furloughed and yeah you know now waiting to find out when or if you know they'll get hired back it's it's pretty doom and gloom but that's okay where one door closes another one always opens so that's right there's no doubt about it and i guess one thing to maybe talk a little bit about you know we you and i have kind of talked briefly about you know kind of the whole pandemic covid19 pandemic and what those implications look like on hunting seasons and yeah applications and you know as example like new mexico results just came out this last week but they had you know free cancel your application um, we'll, we'll give you a full refund so you wonder you know how many folks may have you know benefited from from some of this pandemic because you know they didn't pull their application when they applied in the unit or i don't know 100 people pulled their application who yeah. knows right so well and i mean you know look i i went into all those applications employed and thinking my normal strategy and i'll be real honest you know um times are tight right now and yeah. you never know when it's going to change for the better i'm hoping soon but at the same time what happens if i draw a sheep tag right and then You're i get a sheep hunting then i get then i get a brand new job and i have to tell my brand new employer hey i'm sorry but uh 20 years in the making to get this tag um yeah. i've got to go um hopefully uh if i get back into the outdoor industry which is what i'm shooting for that i don't i don't have any any issues with that but yeah. at the same time you know um if i don't get reemployed i'm gonna have plenty of time to go kill stuff yeah which oh yeah wife won't put up with that so i'm gonna have to get a job so but there were some states like you know montana closed down their bear and turkey season to non-residents um california closed fishing there for a while california closed sport fishing so i mean there's been you know some collateral damage from the from the pandemic that have has affected some of the spring you know hunts and fishing seasons across the u.s so it's you know it has it has had some impact um which you know and you know the the whole craze around social distancing there's probably no better way to do that than go out (laughs) on a boat on a lake or go out you know in the woods and turkey hunt but so i think you and i had that conversation about about california closing down fishing right okay the cascade mountains pretty big area okay streams there's a lot of them okay so you don't want people to congregate but now you don't want people to go out into outdoors, you know, closing down parks and weird things like that. Yeah, you, you know, you can understand maybe in huge populated areas, but the Cascade Mountains, really? I mean, well, I think a good analogy is you can you can go to Walmart and shop, but yeah. you can't go yeah. up on Hawk Creek and Mammoth and go fly yeah. fishing. Like, can that, someone can someone explain that to me? Yeah, I don't think anybody can explain that to you, man. Go I mean, launch your boat on Nacimento at 200 miles of shoreline, and that's illegal. But you can go get who knows what at at the local Walmart. So yeah, I think we talked about that earlier. We won't mention what we thought you could catch there. So True. yeah, it's probably more than COVID 19. <laughs> Anyway, so okay, we've got so some we've got some changes, man. I mean, beyond our rant about what's going on in the world, we do have an upcoming um, deadline coming in California, which is near and dear to us because both you and I have a lot of points. We've hunted a lot in California, and, and uh, you know we like to try to 
um, you know, go through the state um, fairly in depth and, and go through, um, you know, all the all the requirements, all the, the, the types of point processes that occur in California, all the different species we have. You know, I don't like to say this, but I mean, there's a ton of hunting opportunities in California and oh, for yeah. non-residents, it's, it's a little tougher, but for us here, there's just, you know, there's year round hunting opportunities um, for us here in California. So a lot of great opportunities. And, uh, you know, I think as we look through the digest, there's a lot of good opportunities this year based on some of the tags that we're seeing and numbers and so forth. So well, and just getting to, to a few of the key things here, I mean, for non-residents, once again, the, the price is a little steep, but really from a hunting standpoint, it's pretty standard across the board. Like a non-resident hunting license is $178.20, right? Yeah. Which is, which is actually pretty steep, but if you were going to go turkey hunting, or if you were going to go hog hunting, or if you were going to go, you know, deer hunting in a year or black bear, I mean, really when you break that down, and you add in the other tag prices it's not that bad so no. as a non-resident you know the first year tag is basically three hundred dollars two hundred why do they do that right two ninety nine ninety five really well, because they increase everything i noticed the price of the wild pig tag went from twenty two thirty three to twenty four forty three that in a little bit of inflation every year they got to add in there so told you you should have bought your lifetime license with yeah. the five pig tags but uh, also you know the bear tag for non-residents three fifteen ninety five i mean so yeah. really for two you know really right around the what seven hundred dollar mark you can get a bear tag and a deer tag and your your hunting license and almost all those seasons overlap if you're looking at blacktail hunting sure. for a non-resident so it's a it's a it's not bad yeah but you also have to be willing to shoot you know a foregone blacktail if you want to if you really want to kill a blacktail yep you know but uh you know the other way to go too is is looking at the resident stuff you know, $51.02. Once again, I have no idea how they come up with that number for a resident license. But juniors, there's only $13.53. And I'll get on the junior rant here in a little while. But uh, How much is your Bobcat tag here? Oh, yeah, Bobcat tag. And, oh, by the way, they did not refund my money when they cut my season short either. Oh, yeah. So new in 2020, which is not in here, but um, was passed in laws of January 2020. To January 1, 2020 was banning of bobcat hunting in the state of California. So not only could we not kill mountain lions, that's been for quite a few years now, bobcats are on the uh, the sacred list of species that cannot be taken in the state of California. So and I, you know, just got to love it. I'd only bought one bobcat license in all my previous years of hunting. And then when they said they were going to ban it last year, I went and bought one again. And yeah. Of course, you know, I guess I get to frame that along with all the other unpunched tags that I had. But then you got to love the next page that talks about buy your 2020 warden stamp for just five dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. But I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, we did get checked. Actually, we didn't get checked, did we? It was Wyatt that got checked. Yeah. We should have had a warden stamp on his paperwork. Warden. I did get checked the weekend I went up that you didn't go, but. Anyway, the, the key the key dates are important. Is the deadline is June June second, which uh, I think you can apply up until midnight, um, and then results. The one good thing about California is usually within ten to fifteen days, results are posted. So yeah, they get right on the on the stick on that one. Tentatively, they're saying June seventeenth, results are up. Um, I've seen it as early as the fifteenth, but anyway, the key date is the deadline, which is June second. So um, if you don't listen to anything on this. 
don't hear the deadline's June 2nd, that means that'll be one less person that is applying <laughs> for the tag that I'm trying so to if, apply for. So. so so if you're if you're actually listening to this, we expect you to pay attention to that one little tidbit. Correct. So, but back on uh, onto the booklet, uh, looking at page eight, what's new in 2020? The one thing that grates me, grates me more than anything is the age change for junior hunting license. Now, you're going to like this, Lucas. Um, just last week, I actually applied to California Fish and Game for a job. The job that I applied for is a marketing person for junior archery and the three R's retaining and, and retention of junior hunters. Hmm. Yet, they just reduced the junior hunter's age by two years. So now at 16, juniors have to pay full price for hunting license. Is that a little bit of an oxymoron that they're hiring people to market for that? What's their, I guess, what What are they thinking about of moving a junior up to 18 years old? I, I have no idea, but what really grates me more than anything is I've been building points for my son Wyatt with the whole process of thinking i'm going to draw him one of the premium junior deer tags only problem is he's a may baby yeah and he's going to turn 16 in may and basically he's getting kicked out of the junior club and he's got all these points that i built for him all the way up thinking he has really two more years to draw yeah and now poof just like that he's out i'm just just a little bit just a little bit i can tell not happy but i guess we shouldn't rant about them too much uh they did they did do the uh, archery firearms carry where um looks like if you have a ccw permit you can carry a gun during archery season but uh Woo-hoo. you know most I, do anyway but I, I was gonna say as many when you're in bear country as many mountain lines as bears we have but, i'm, I'm yeah. guessing that that might not happen too often but the big thing, of course, is non-lead ammo, statewide, period, no exceptions, yep. no nothing. Went into effect last year. Yep. You cannot, I mean, do not be caught with a hunting gun and lead ammo. They will They will write you up. And one of the good things that you told me is, hey, you should always keep your box Right, because I mean, when I was younger, I would make what I called an ammo sandwich. I would wrap ammo in toilet paper. You know, yep. always always need toilet paper, right? And it's easy to get access to. And I just throw that in a Ziploc bag and put it in my pocket. But now, guys, if you're hunting, you should always keep your you know Barnes bullet box or whichever green ammo that you're shooting. Yep. Always keep that box. That way, you have documentation. In case you get stopped by Fish and Game, where you could show them the actual box that the ammo came out of. Yep. No, it's a. It's probably a best practice. Just, I mean, as we live and die in this state of non-lead, I mean, it's anymore. You're you're limited to only certain types of bullets you can shoot anymore. So, unless you're reloading your own, if you've got the if you've got the actual box, it's not a bad thing to to cape on you. So. Anyway, um, jumping forward a little bit, talking about some of the fundraising tags and, and the big game tags there. Um, you know, basically, you've got um, options um, for, for deer, which would be an open zone tag, which allows the hunter to hunt um, during any authorized season of dates, um, any using um, any specific method um, that they choose during, during that time. 
Um, you've got the Northeastern uh, Pronghorn Tag as well, uh, which is a, another fundraising random pronghorn tag. Again, allows the, uh, the hunter um, to hunt most of the uh, Northwestern, so like Clear Lake, the Likely Tables, Lassen, all those units. Um, you've got the Marble Clippers Mountains uh, and the South Bristol Desert Bighorn Sheep Tag. That's really important to note that it's just those two units right correct so if you draw that raffle tag which you know nobody's going to complain but you it's not like what most people think that you oh you drew the raffle tag it's like the governor's tag you could hunt any open unit at any time yeah no you can't the benefit to this though is you do get to hunt basically 30 days prior to everybody else so where most people's hunt i think starts like december 2nd or 7th something like that you get to hunt November 7th. November. So um, sometimes hunting earlier is not exactly the best benefit, but due to the fact that you'd get the first crack at them, you know, they would be uh, uh, less wily than normal. Hey, one thing I want to back up on a little bit is on page 11 for all those people that are actually going to grab the booklet. um, This is a really good page. I know a lot of people don't use it anymore. But I always try to fill this out ahead of time prior to going online to do my application. This is basically the the form where you put your name and your go ID and then you put your tag choice for deer one and two. And if you're doing a party hunt like Lucas and I did last year, you could list that. And then you put your elk and pronghorn and bighorn sheep application number. One of the things that I find is, man, how many times have you... uh, got a credit card ding where you're like oh man i drew a tag but you forgot what tag number you had so this is a good reference to go back and and look at in case you actually do draw a tag and then of course they have the random so page 11 guys check out page 11 and and you could just fill out that application ahead of time and then use it when you go online one other thing I wanted to point out for anybody that has a junior that's under the age of 16, once again, under the age of 16 by July, okay, they actually do their split on tags differently. 50% of the tags go to the preference point drawing. So in other words, the people that have the most junior points. And a lot of people are probably going to be like me that their kid got bumped out this year and has a bunch of points. But then the other 50% go on a random, where I think you had listed down here, Lucas, where you broke out how many tags go to who and what. Yeah, but in the in the general in the general lottery. So non-residents can only get up to 10%, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a little different on the apprentice than it is on on the regular draw. Gotcha. So. Okay. Did you mention the Owens Valley elk tag? So that's, that's a, the last uh, fundraising that's a good tag. One. Yeah, so, you know, Owens Valley starting to see, um, you know, quite a few more units being opened up for, for elk hunting. And, and that um, basically that fundraiser tag allows you to hunt in any of the Owens Valley hunt zones, which there's a multitude of them now. And you know, we were on your Goodell tag three years ago, and we saw quite a few elk, you know, down in the Independence yep. area as well, any legal method to take. So... So anyway, yeah, there's four opportunities to throw your name in the hat um, and uh, try to, you know, win a fundraising tag. I mean, you know, there's, um, you know, there's a lot of upside to that. If if you were to draw one, clearly the open deer and having a crack at at sheep uh, a month early is a 
is a is a pretty good thing to 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 do so anyway so that's just a little bit about the uh, the fundraising tags so one other thing that uh, california passed um a few years ago was the mandatory harvest tag reporting so <laughs> and that was really specific for deer tag holders um, if you're successful you have to submit within 30 days um, of harvest of the deer. Um, if you're unsuccessful, um, I believe you have up until I think January 31st of the following year um, to report your harvest. And uh, if you go online and you fail to not do that or non-report, um, you will be assessed the following year a $21.60 um, penalty fee and when you purchase your um, deer tag for the following year so now when you actually do your harvest report regardless of if it's if it's successful or unsuccessful don't forget to actually once you hit the submit button it says is this information correct you have to hit submit again so i know a lot of guys that press the button one time and went oh i'm done and walked away right confirm data and submit report correct the pop-up window will confirm that click the a, okay button again it's a double click not a single click one yeah. thing i did want to mention for those people especially from out of state you know if you don't want to buy a basically a 200 dollars non-resident license the option of putting in for these random tags at like seven dollars each you could buy quite a few seven dollar options here for 200 bucks so a lot of people that don't put in for california you know because of that 200 dollars fee you know for a hunting license you know if you know you're not going to come to california and hunt maybe the uh, random drawing tags are the way to go because they are only seven dollars so anyway yeah so anyways just on harvest reporting you know there's there's, there's some guidelines in here, you know, for deer, bear, elk, pronghorn, sheep, and pig. They're all a little different based on what's required to report and when. Also, um, the validation or countersigning requirements, whether that has to be done by, um, you know, like a fishing game officer or if some type of peace officer can typically sign off on some of those. Some are not required, like pronghorn and wild pig. But, you know, if you shoot a sheep, you got to report it within 24 hours. Um, and it's got to be validated by a California Department of Fish and Wildlife staff. So anyway, the, the expectations are a little different based on the, the game tag that you have. So just things to be mindful of. Um, you know, if you are going to come hunt in this state, um, there's quite a few, you know, again, requirements and expectations that the state requires. So yeah and bear is another one of those that that you have to really pay attention to also so guys pay attention to that um that harvest reporting information is on page 22 and 23 in the uh in the booklet so you can check that out and that kind of rolls us over yeah so you know california just to talk a little bit about the state and the system it is considered what's called a, a preference point but it's a modified preference point state um, which again is outlined in, in the digest this year for 2020 um, the NAC, the max point value is 18 so there has been another year of, of creep um, last year was 17 and in this year max points um, is 18 so if you've got 18 points out there um, like a few of us then uh, then you're you're probably sitting better than most that haven't been applying for for that time so when we talk about 
the modified preference point system, there's there's really two parts to that. Um, there's your you know your max point tag quota or your preference, which we talked about. 18 is that number, and then you've got your random or in some cases they call the draw by choice, which is um, you know based on the species and based on the actual tag quotas. So um, one example would be like for your premium deer, 90% um, of those tags or quotas of those tags go to max points. So as an example, um, if you're in a unit um, that has um, 100 tags, 90% um, of that, which would be 90 of those tags, go to the max point holders, and then 10 of those uh, would go to random. So again, and, and then one thing to note in some units, like the G39 tag um, has only two tags. Um, again, if there's less than, than 10 tags, um, then that one would go to random. Just Correct. like Oracopias and the sheep tag, there's one tag. In that case, it, it goes to random. So, And then the way if you break out um, the elk, sheep, and pronghorn, um, basically, you know, one tag uh, quota, it'll go to random like we talked about. If there's two tags for a unit, one would go to max, one would go to random, uh, and then so forth. And then it breaks down to, I think, a 75% at that point. So if you've got, you know, three tags at that point, two, two go and max, one. and then one, and, and so forth. So anyway, it's, 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 a, it, it's a fairly... I would say simple system when you start talking about systems like Nevada where you've got bonus points that are squared and then the additional application. Some of those can get pretty complicated. Arizona where, you know, 10% go to non-residents, 5 go to max, 5 go to random. I mean, it, yeah. California for the most part is fairly simple for the standpoint of, you know, it's a 90-10 state um, with with pre preference versus random. So, you know, if we're going to we're going to jump into bighorn sheep first, right? So um, yeah, one other thing just to note on applications for party. So you and I oh, yeah. applied as a party last year, but um, the max number for deer is six. So you know if you got a bunch of buddies that got a bunch of points, you can apply up to six six um, in a max party for deer. Elk and pronghorn is two. Uh, and then sheep, there are no allowed party applications. So just a heads up for those that uh, like to do the party apps. Um, I generally don't do it often, but you and I did it, and yeah. I had quite a few points, and, and we dumped them, and, and we drew a tag last year. So anyway, just something to, to keep in mind. So, yeah. The other thing good about the party thing, too, is if you've got three or four buddies that are all, all wanting to go hunting together, and it's a pretty good opportunity that that you have enough points between the group of you to actually draw i mean it does guarantee that you and the group are going to actually go versus yep. versus no offense when you know five of us all put in for the same tag and go oh we can all go you know no offense it never works out where everybody actually goes yeah right the guy sure. that gets the tag usually one guy comes and then a couple of days later maybe a different guy comes and that guy leaves and but when you all have tags you know it does put a serious effort into a big geographical area and as everybody gets a gets an animal then everybody gets to help everybody else out so it yeah. is kind of it is kind of fun to do a big party hunt for which, some it's just an excuse to get out of the house too which is fine so yeah okay yeah so to your point um you know bighorn sheep we've well, got california has you know some of the best you know desert sheep uh in yeah. my opinion in the west when you start looking at the quality of rams that are being taken you know over the course of the last five to ten years uh and you know a lot of that's around management i mean when we start talking about 
you know, tag quotas. I mean, there's just not a lot of tags. I mean, there's 27, Very conservative. 27 Very conservative. total tags um, go out in our um, proposed 2020, you know, bighorn sheep um, proposal this year versus 26 as of last year. So, And one um, thing to point out on that 26 from last year, actually everybody but one person harvested so 25 rams were taken and that's not counting the the raffle tag and the governor's tag so really the success rate of bighorn sheep in the state of california basically everybody that had a tag got one except for one person in zone one in the marble clippers and that's a that's a pretty rough hunt so i'm guessing either the person was older or physically not able to to do it or just didn't yeah. have enough didn't put in enough hours on the hut yep to be successful yeah just a little bit about the the bighorn sheep drawing in the in the process so again 90 percent of the tags go to residents 10 percent go to non-residents so there is a potential up to two tags could go to non-residents you have to be uh, 16 years of age to apply there are no um, party applications allowed if you do draw there are mandatory orientations that are required um, to be viewed and watched uh, prior uh, prior to your hunt uh, which again a lot of that stuff is all kind of on the front end but again just some things that you got to be mindful of and, and in california there are a total of 10 total zones um in, in, in addition to obviously you've got your your preference point only which if you're going to put in for a preference point it amazes me that people do but you know 5600 people put in for just a point last year which is which is, which nuts, is pretty right? incredible i mean you if, you're gonna, about, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna put your money in put your name in the put hat your name right? in the hat the odds are still like a one in a hundred chance of you drawing yeah but oh but, i wanted to mention one thing while the juniors got hosed for uh, being 16 for the first time because Wyatt's no longer considered a junior, he'll be 16 years old, he'll actually be able to apply for a bighorn sheep tag this yeah. year. So there is a little upside there. Not much. He was going to be able to apply <laughs> as, at 16 anyway. Yeah. It's just they changed the cost parameters. Yeah. Anyway. But we anyway, one thing that you'll notice from 19 to 20 um, is is some of the the units of the of the 10 zones. There are actually two inactive zones: Zone Five, San Gregorio Mountains, and then Zone Six, which are the Sheephole Mountains. Correct. Um, which you know, last year Zone Five got hit with pneumonia pretty hard, and I know there was a there was a lot of um, conservation work that went into the San Gregorio Mountains to to try to help diagnose and, yeah. and try to you know work on that unit uh, because you know once pneumonia gets in it, it'll wipe out a whole sheep herd and that's we're seeing evidence of that which is too bad because that is one of the you know i would Premier. say one of the top you know two to three units in the state that has always you know put out um, some great rams but uh, um, this year there there will be no tags allocated um, so of the 10 there are there are eight available zones to hunt 27 total tags uh, in their proposal just kind of going through there zone one marble clippers you got five tags zone two or the kelso one tag that's the new that well it's not new it's an old hunt but they didn't have a tag last year so it's Correct. a one on a random so right this there. one came in new zone three or the clark and kingston you got four tags there oracopia zone four which has always been a one tag unit which goes to random um, zone seven which are the white mountains which is more of a you know it's more of an extreme rugged hunt it's kind of up there on the nevada border high elevation um, higher elevation they do six tags and the dates are different there they're an august september hunt 
Then you've got your Bristol's um, just there uh, west or east of uh, Barstow. They've got two tags. And the Cadies as well, uh, east of Barstow, two tags. And then you've got Zone 10, which was the new hunt that was put in place last year, that Newberry Rodman Org, which has six total tags. So, so anybody that has max tags really – or max points, sorry – if you're in good physical condition, you know, the White Mountains with six tags gives you five. But, you know, if you jump up to the – and this is also on page 54 for those people that are following along in the book. Um, if you jump up to the tag allocations, you can see that five of the six tags go to maximum point holders, while 128 maximum point holders actually applied for those five tags. Yeah. One went to random. And on that random, there was 2,026 people that were in on that. So you got to be very conscious of the numbers of available tags because really, you know, it is one of those where, where you can kind of play the odds a little bit when it comes to a lot of these. But, you know, when you're looking like at the South Bristol's last year, the one max point tag went to a person that had max points and it was a one in 30 chance so that was about as good as the odds get in regards to that but any sheep tag in the state of california is a good sheep tag and uh, as long as you're not as long as you're in physical shape you could pretty much apply for any of them now do remember in zone one and eight there will be the raffle tag so most likely one of those units will have pressure prior to the actual December 5th opening date. Um, so you got to be aware of that. And most likely whoever draws that will probably hire a guide and they'll have multiple guys in there yeah. ahead of time, yep. you know, scouring the area. But for anybody that that really doesn't like the December 5th through February 7th, which I, of course, love those dates, um, the only other one that has different dates is the White Mountains, which is the high elevation hunt. And that's an August 15th through September 27th. A lot of us have a lot of other hunts going on during that period of time and don't really like those dates. But um, if you don't like the late, late season, that's an opportunity. And because of the high elevation, you know, they want to do that early because, uh, you know, they get into the, the December range, and those could be all shut down completely from, from weather. Yep. So. Yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, obviously, if you're a resident, it's a no-brainer to apply. Um, again, the, the quality of sheep that are being harvested here are some, some just great quality deserts. Um, you know, these are these are very arid um, areas in the desert where, where these animals live, uh, and uh you know, we're just seeing some incredible horn growth on, on these sheep that are being taken. Yeah. You know, the oricopias have always been known for, for putting out good sheep. But, um, you know, the last three to four years, there's been, you know, we, you know, high 180, you know, mid to high 180 class deserts coming out of, of California. And you ask a lot of, you know, sheep guides, and they're telling you right now, some of the best deserts right now are coming out of California. Yeah. You know, so. And, and you got to remember, I mean, a 180 sheep is, is phenomenal okay so expectations though people should be realizing that an expectation is more like a 160 with the hopes of a 170 170, class ram and i'm not saying that there's not 
bigger rams because we know of goliath that was taken and there's been a few other ones that were taken that were fantastic but man when you see an old old sheep that's battered up it's going to be hard for you to you know if you've never killed one you know i'm just looking at it going man i just can't wait for the opportunity yep, so for sure no brainer apply 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 or in our case don't apply which makes our rods that much better. So we'll, we'll take it if you just want to buy a point. Please do so. We don't mind the preference point holders. So yeah. So okay. Next on the list is elk, which you know California is kind of a sacred state for elk because it holds all three species of elk. Um, yep. You know, near and dear to our heart here on the coast is you know the tule, the tule elk, which are only viable in the state of California. But then you also have the opportunities to hunt elk anything west of I-5 in the north as a Roosevelt, and anything east of I-5 um, in Northern California is considered a Rocky tag. So anyway, three species. Um, there is one non-resident tag. Out of all the tags that go out, um, you have to be at least 12 years of age. And there are t- actually 23 units in the state yes. um, that have potential for um, drawing an elk tag here in the state so a lot a ton of opportunity and uh and yeah i mean three three subspecies of elk here all have the ability to, to hunt here in the state of california so pretty cool to have those opportunities um here in california yeah i want to i want to point out a couple of things um because i mean elk is pretty near and dear to to me in regards to this this whole process um, I've been fortunate to, to get my Thule bull, and I really, really, really want to work on, on my Roosevelt. And lo and behold, uh, the area that I always like to apply for the Roosevelt is up in my hometown um, of Crescent City. And uh, this year, they have totally hosed that hunt. Um, I don't know what they're thinking, but basically they went from uh, 15 bull tags which uh, uh, over Thanksgiving, I did videotape uh, about 70 bulls all together in one uh, group. I think I remember that video. Um, actually, it's on my LinkedIn profile, I think, for a big group of it. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Mr. Social Media over here. Hey, I'm trying to learn new tricks, but they went from 15 bull tags down to three. Yes, people, that is correct. I have no idea what's going on. Now they got 15 cow tags. Uh, or antlerless but holy cow you went from having you know 15 elk bulls taken to three bulls taken um that's hunt 355 that is gonna just be embarrassing because most people are gonna still put in for it that live up there and that know that unit because they will kill some absolute stompers but you know, basically, it's it's ridiculous. They've just cut the tags. I thought the goal was to have more elk tags, Lucas. Wasn't well, that what we read? They did the survey. And 20% the more was, over the next 20 years? Wasn't that yeah, what we read? Yeah, the next 10 years. But, oh. <laughs> we, but all, we all know how elk populations go and how elk counts go, so... Anyway. Okay, let's not get into this again, but I, yeah. was, just, I was just floored. We just discovered no, that no that's um, good just to to kind of look at some of the draw statistics so basically what you have um is you've got apprentice hunts you've got a ton of antlerless hunts so cow tags um you've got a fair amount of bull tags and then you've got some either sex tags you've also got spike hunts as well so um there's a there's a lot of opportunity um 
to hunt elk uh, in California. The problem is, is it's the amount of folks that apply versus, you know, the number of tags uh, allocated. And, and just some examples, like, you know, in your in your apprentice hunts, um, you know, you're basically looking at probably a total of 15 total tags for the apprentice hunts, and of which some are, you know, on Grizzly Island where you have the opportunity to shoot basically spike bowls or uh, antlerless, uh, really the only the only um, you know areas where you have the ability to shoot a bull, um, you know, would be in the northeastern. There's a couple tags in the Marbles, La Panza, and then the uh, Cache Creek. So, um, just not a lot of opportunities for for the for the apprentice hunts. Ton of opportunity for for cow tags. We won't jump into any of that, but you know, clearly there, there's you know, there's probably close to a hundred or more tags available uh, or more um, in the tag quota, and you start looking at units like the Siskiyou and others where you got 20 cow tag permits so a lot of opportunities there um, jumping forward uh, into the bull tags um, for kind of drawing statistics of last year you know the big ones you see are the marble mountains um, which are the marble mountains to um, kind of the kind of the north central part of the state there are 35 tags there so 27 go preference eight random You've got the northeastern hunts, which are rocky hunts, yep. um, 15 tag quotas, uh, and there's two different season dates there. You know, the one thing interesting about northeastern is is they're killing some big rockies up oh there. Oh, my gosh, they're killing some slammers. And they're coming across kind of the Oregon border there, and they're sitting in that kind of that Modoc northeastern area of, of the state. So you've got two you, you, two seasons there, each with 15, 12 preference, three random. And then you've got that Siskiyou hunt in the bottom, which would be, you know, 20 tags, 15 preference and, and five random in your either sex hunts um, you've got a multitude of, of tags as well marble mountain northeastern and then of course san luis reservoir uh, which you're you're familiar with yes um, there's the five tags uh, and then four preference one random there so um, you know there are there are opportunities but when you start to look at that column of total applicants that's when you really start to realize um, kind of what you know what your draws are and you know clearly the one that that takes you know the kind of a lot of fame is is the grizzly island um, you know the general method bull tags there's only three tags um, so two go preference one random and you got 2400 that apply so when you start crunching numbers you know you know if you it's want ugly. To, if you want to shoot a tule that's you know that's one of the better areas and you know a lot of the elk that have been transplanted across the state have come out of grizzly island all the owens valley elk were all transplanted um, out of the grizzly island herd so grizzly island has always been known for being kind of the 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 pod or the hub if you will of, of the tule elk in in california but um you know we're starting to see you know tag allocations and you're seeing it here independence you know lone pine uh, other areas owens valley where there were not elk you know herds before so a lot of opportunity um, to shoot an elk uh, in california you know and and once again california does a lot of a lot of different great things in regards to having different seasons you know the muzzleloader the archery the cow hunt the bull hunt but in general you know when you see so many um max point holders still not having drawn an elk tag i mean that's pretty that's pretty rough thinking that a big majority of the max tags are going to go to those people but then you look at something like the marble mountains general method bull hunt right last year um 20 uh, of the 35 tags 27 of them went to maximum point holders well guess what only 36 maximum point holders applied for that 
pretty so good chance. So that means it was about a 70% chance for you to draw that tag. So, of course, in this year, since we just said that out loud, that's probably going to be one of those that, that, that doubles or triples, you know. But in the same time, if, if you have maximum elk points, that's one for you to look at to if, if you're looking at wanting to hunt that type of a, a bull elk. True. Right. So, yeah. good stuff. And looking at just what's proposed in 2020, again, looking at um, some of the apprentice hunts, um, you know, you've got a multitude of, of Thule elk hunts, basically your cash 400 leg at Grizzell and the Panzer are all Thule's. And then you've got the Northeastern tag, which would be a Rocky. There's two hunts there. And then the Marble Mountain Roosevelt tag. So there's four. So, you know, there's a, there's a fair amount of tags there and the archery um, you've got, I would say probably, you know, looking at eyeballing just close to about 30 tags available in the archery season. Then you jump into the muzzleloader, um, tags um, where uh, you know looking at success rates you know pretty decent success rates independence has one tag um, which would have tagged out uh, in 2019 your roosevelt units you've got the marbles the northwestern units and the siskiyou um, as well um, hunter success rates probably on average looking at them are in the 50 to 60 percent range and then you jump into the, the rocky mountain tags um, on code 304 305 that's your northeastern tags um, where you've got a tag quota of 15 bull tags again those are all going to be you know in that september time frame um, as well kind of probably in the in the rut part of the season uh, and then you jump down into your Thule tags which clearly california probably has the most um you know elk of any elk species in california would be the Thule, and and there's just a a, a large magnitude of, of units you know, going all the way from the Owens Valley area uh, into, you know, the La Panza area, uh, Lake Pillsbury, um, kind of to, to the northern part of the state. It's probably one of the most farthest northern parts that have, you know, Tule Elk, the Cache Creek, um, and, and Grizzly Island and so forth. So um, well, we, we drove right by Cache Creek when we when we left out of yeah. uh, our deer hunt. In Lake Pillsbury. We were just, just, yep. just to the north of, of Pillsbury, so... One thing for everybody to remember on the on the Thule hunts, okay, is is the the success rate is actually pretty good um, for rifle. Okay, you get into archery and and you have issues on Thule bulls. Remember too, if if you're not wanting a broken up bull, you need to be hunting as early as possible because one usually with dry climate the horns are a little bit more brittle. And we find that a lot of bulls break up. Um, two, um, the 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 rose, excuse me, the tulies are very aggressive, very aggressive bull. When they start rutting, you know, how many times, Lucas, have we seen a fantastic bull, you know, and and yep. a week before season opens, you know, he's missing five points out of out of the total 16 points that he had on his head. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've seen eight by eight bulls that literally look we've like. We've seen main beams broke off. and Yeah, look like know. somebody stripped them from point three all the way to the end where all they got are little broken nubs. Yep. And yep. Uh, that's something that everybody needs to be conscious of. Um, when you see these November hunts for for bull elk and and late October hunts, like y- you got to be conscious that even an October seventeenth hunt, majority of the bulls that you're probably going to find on that hunt will be broken. 
So yeah, and the other thing is, I mean, our elk here about a month here in advance, not only now on growth. I mean, we're seeing some great bulls right now growing, but you know, we they start you know rubbing their velvet, you know, come you know early July and late June, early July, and they're starting to hit rut in the late part of July into August, you know, early August. So, yeah. you know, that's that's kind of that time frame. So when you're looking at, you know, some of these early hunts, you know, you've got a few hunts where you've got July dates and, and August dates. Those become a little more desirable to that point because, you know, that's kind of the start of the of, this, of their rut. And uh, so you can kind of get the front end of that where you can hunt some bulls, hopefully, that aren't too broken up. So Yeah. Well, and, and I mean... To be honest, I mean, there's there's been some bulls that, you know, once they break a couple of points, you're still like, oh, man, I'm still going to kill that bull, yeah. right? I mean, if you have pictures of him beforehand or or even if you just see some of these massive old palmated bulls, you know. Yep. But the down point is, is if you're looking at one of them, you know, literally the week before season and he looks fantastic and then he tangles with somebody else, and he breaks two or three of his points off. And because toolies are so known for having abnormal points, when they lock horns together, usually it's the abnormal points that get yeah. broken first. Yep, it's all, so, the, all the junk hanging off. So one other thing to note, you know, in, in, in a lot of these units, so I'll, I'll take St. Louis Reservoir as an example, hunt code, you know, 497. Um, there's five tags, but there's not a lot of public land to hunt right and, and you yes. know that and and so that that goes for a lot of these units so a lot of these units you know you could draw a great tag like the lapanza tag i mean you could draw a bull tag but the thing you got to be mindful of is is you're probably going to end up paying you know a trespass fee or having to get an outfitter you know to to get on some of those areas because just a lot of you know the elk are on private lands you know Elk always follow the food and water, and a lot of the ranchers have got alfalfa or barley or something planted, and you know that's where that's where the elk are going to be because they've got cattle troughs and everything else. So yeah, not a lot of public land for for you to hunt those bulls. So you really need to do your research ahead of time if you're going to apply. You need to know if you've got access to property. And if you don't have access to property, please don't apply. Because let me tell you, I I ran into that in the San Luis Reservoir. I I had one place that I could hunt, another little small private piece. um, And then I had the public property, which really wasn't that big. Well, guess what? Most of the bulls after opening morning left the public property. And so then, of course, I found the bulls, but they were on a gentleman's property. So I found him, and he said, oh, sure, you could come hunt my property. It's $6,000. And I'm like, well, are you serious? And he's like, dead serious. If you want to kill a bull on my property, it's six grand." And you're like, well, crap. I spent all these years trying to draw a tag, and now I'm basically held up by an individual that wants $6,000. Yeah. So I, of course, didn't do that. I waited and hunted a total of 11 days and finally one of the bulls that i liked ended up back on the public piece but that was 11 days yeah. 
that I had invested. Time, so So you know, you're you're pretty well safe, and you know, in your in your Owens Valley units, those for the most part have really good access. So yeah, you know, Grizzly Island too. Grizzly Island's good access. Grizzly, Goodale, Independence, um, those are all going to have a a fair amount of. Cash Creek has good access also. Good public access. So just things to think about when you're applying. If if you know someone who's got property, and you, you know there's elk there, and you can hunt there. I mean, what better opportunity? But if not, you know, you're more than likely going to need permission from a landowner or pay some type of trespass fee. So anyway, so um, just things to, to think about as you're as you're applying for elk uh, here in California. So, But if you don't have a tule, you got to come to California. You got to come to California. And, and the reality is that, um, you know, a lot of people come here and shoot a cow. Yeah. And they spend stupid money to shoot a cow. I know. But, or a management bull or a spike or something yeah. else, right? So I mean, but... They are different. They're a neat animal, man. When you put them body size up next to a, a Rocky, you're like, oh, my God, they're small. And then when you put it next to a Roosevelt, they're like, geez, these things are dinky. Yeah. They're not They're not even enough meat to fill the freezer for yeah. the year. The Rosies are, those are big-bodied animals for no, no well, doubt about it. That group that I took a picture of over Thanksgiving, man, it was like every one of those things looked like they were like a ton. I know. It's crazy. And they weren't a ton, but they were, they were big, fat Those were some big suckers. bulls. Hey everyone, this is Lucas Paw, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it will automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded, and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or use our website, www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors, and Instagram, Rod and Arrow Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, and get involved with conservation efforts. And know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, go farther, stay longer.